0: Today's program was brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, the brand new co-working space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com.
1: We asked our hosts what Heritage Radio Network means to them. Listen in to hear what they had to say. Hi,
2: everybody. This is Carrie Diamond, host of Radio Cherry Bomb, and I'm here to tell you why I love
3: Heritage Radio. It's all Dave Tattashore. 100%. 100%. It's what keeps me coming back. Every Thursday, I pretend it's the pizza. I pretend it's the bomb squad. But it's Dave.
1: Do your part to keep Heritage Radio Network alive by supporting our summer drive at heritageradionetwork.org donate.
3: Good afternoon. This is Recommended Reading with Food Book Fair, coming to you live on Heritage Radio Network. I am Amanda, one of the co-directors of Food Book Fair. I'm Kim, the other co-director of Food Book Fair. And we are your hosts of our show, as I mentioned, Recommended Reading. And Food Book Fair is a food media festival, mostly centered in New York, but also we've done events in a couple other cities as well. And we're all about celebrating food media and so we are so excited to have recommended reading and get to bring other authors and innovators into our booth at heritage Radio and this Network. is
1: uh this is a very interactive special edition of the show
3: <laughs> totally um and i think in that case we're gonna get right into it um we're we're in the weeds of today's on today's show, but it's, it's a good thing. Um, we're, we're joined in the studio with Warren by Warren Bobrow, five time author and cannabis alchemist, the author of cannabis cocktails, mocktails and tonics, um, as well as my friend and former colleague Jen Shelbo. She is a pastry chef who has turned her focus Onto into sustainable legal cannabis practices. So there's really no way to other way to say it or to run this. This is the Weed Show. Uh, <laughs> this is our recommended reading. Weed Show. If, if you hear Amanda, if you hear Amanda or I
1: talking really slowly or just saying recommended reading again and again, it, that might be why. There are a lot of vape pens in here. Recommended reading. <laughs> Oh, Thank <laughs> and Okay,
3: Thank you. Okay. So, someone prepared for the Weaver Hour Weed Show. Um, we're dazed. We're not confused, though. We are here with our guests again, Warren Bobrow and Jen Shelbo. And um, since we have a lot to talk about on this subject of, of cannabis, culinary cannabis, um, just, you know, what the state of. Weed consumption, you know, in America and the world is at the moment. We're gonna just get right into it. And Kim and I, we've talked enough, so we're gonna. You don't ta- need to hear <laughs> what we're reading,
1: watching, and listening to.
3: We're gonna ask our guests, uh, Warren and Jennifer, what they're reading, watching, or listening to, and then we'll um, we'll really. You know, get into the pot, as they as
1: they say. They don't say that, actually.
3: <laughs>
1: but that's cool.
3: Yeah. Um. So, Warren, what are, what are you reading, watching, or listening to? Could
1: and me- and while Warren answers, uh, please know, and you might be able to hear this. He's actively making. A cocktail. I'm, I'm going to be talking.
4: making some some tasty little cocktails with some rum aguardol. Yeah,
3: amazing. Well, Warren, we actually had the pleasure of uh, Warren participating in an event at Food Book Fair 2017, and you made some amazing cocktails. The feedback from the cocktails was that they were very strong. Very, they are. So yeah. we're we're preparing but ourselves. Those, but right those now. did not
4: have any of the active ingredient. Right. In it. I can't tell you what's in these. But
3: okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, well I can tell well, you it's not the same. Uh, We'll, we'll look forward to being surprised. Of course. It's
1: not weed. It's PCD. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, um, so I just spent the past week down in New Orleans for uh, t- the event, the yearly event called Tales, Tales of the, the cocktail. cocktail. And it was really an amazing time.
3: How are you still... Well, I was gonna say standing, um, I, well, but you're more I really, like sitting in the really, street. I really
4: I really don't drink. And that's the magical thing. I mean, working in the liquor industry does require me to taste, but doesn't require me to drink. So oh. I uh, it was hundred degrees and hundred percent humidity and I really didn't feel like drinking much more than uh, one or two milk punches. That was mm. it.
3: Okay, you heard it you heard the secret from Warren. Okay, yeah. so have you been so that's what you've been doing? That's
4: what I've been down for the down yeah. for the past seven days. And I had I had a, a seminar called, on colonial spirits there. It was pretty amazing. And uh, I mixed up some tasty little cocktails for Ramazade while I was down there.
3: Amazing. Um, Jen, anything in particular that you're reading, watching, or listening to?
2: Oh, yeah. I can, okay. Yeah. I mean, so I've spent the last 14 months researching the cannabis industry and educating myself. So I have a lot to share <laughs> um, about about what, the resources that I found really helpful. Um, so if people want to learn more about the cannabis industry, and um, yeah, I'm you want you want to do you it, just, I can. Yeah. I, or yeah. like what's on your bedside table, or have there been... well, I picked up Warren's book because I wanted to know all about <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. Um, and so I was awesome. I was prepared to have a intelligent discussion, <laughs> and I really um, I I loved the book. I thought it was the what I enjoyed was the 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 fact that he used just different when you think about infusions and getting cannabis into food it's often a an oil-based thing or butter so making canna butter or whatever and i and i just really appreciated that he had for instance a honey simple syrup
4: with raw honey
2: with raw honey from, uh,
4: from bar hill up in uh you know hardwick vermont
2: okay yeah and it was just it was a cool way for me to see a different application of an infusion um and also being able to either use it in combination with alcohol or without so if you want it if you didn't want to have that additional effect or it, or you want to do a mocktail because it's a medicine right, right? right, right you right. want something right before bed just stir that into your into your tea or a tisane and like you'll be feeling really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you're on your bedside table
3: right now is Warren's book, cannabis yeah. cocktails. And sure, then Come your, order. your
2: tincture of choice yes. or your, your, <laughs> yeah. your, my, 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 my pen. <laughs> okay. One, one of my vape pens. Um, and then, um, I do a lot of listening, but I, I listen to a lot of podcasts on um, on cannabis and marijuana policy and business. And so I could tell you about some of those that I really love. Amazing. Can I give you a little shake yeah, while you're talking? This
3: is, this is not a sound effect. <laughs> Real live. We're listening right now. you He's shaking. <laughs> That was not a sound effect provided by David Tattashore, and he's he's the most excellent at providing sound effects, but this is a real-life <laughs> real life shaking going yeah. down. We are getting a cocktail
2: made for us in the studio yes, right uh, now by we, Warren Bobrow. I, I think you should talk about the um, the ingredients in here. What yeah, are we going so on?
4: What we did is we took some uh, rum agar-coal from Martinique, which is very special rum that Is made from uh, freshly crushed sugarcane juice as opposed to molasses, so it has a certain richness and floral Mm. quality to it, and it's really the rum that I like using. I will say it's a clement. I don't think they gave me permission, but I did tell them when I was down in New Orleans that I've been using their stuff. And then the uh, cranberry syrup that I use today, and I use most often, is from fruitations up in Massachusetts, my friend Allison Goldberg. And she did, does give me permission to use her stuff with uh, certain substances, and uh, so I'm pouring some tasty little cocktails made with uh, decarbed cannabis that's forced by uh, nitrous oxide into the molecule of the liquor that I use, and I t- make tasty little craft cocktails with it. Fully, it's fully bioavailable, 100% bioavailable, using the ardent, you know, the Nova Ardent uh, from up in Massachusetts, also.
2: Do you know what it is, Ardent? No, I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a... Well, go ahead, oh, please. Yeah, so, Ardent is a decarboxylator, so you put your cannabis into a container, and it heats it... Like a thermos. Yeah, like a ther- Yeah, exactly, like a thermos. It heats it to the appropriate temperature to... Convert the THCA, which is the acid form of THC, into THC, which is the psychoactive form. Is that right?
4: That is exactly okay. right. And yes. it does it perfectly <laughs> I love every single tag time. this team yeah. expert panel it makes and, it perfect every single time.
2: Um, in addition to that, the Ardent decarboxylator is, um, it makes it so that it's
4: it makes it so it's 100% bioavailable. Right. So you actually could eat the bud once it comes out of out of the uh, the little Whoa. chamber. Yeah. Because it has microprocessor controlled, it's heat jacketed. It's like a, it's like something that we would do, use in culinary school, you know, I remember we were making soups and stocks and they would teach you, you to do it in a uh, pressure uh, like cooker. a pressure cooker or a tip kettle that that was it heats all the way around all the time very even.
2: Okay, yeah. and also cuts down on the smell.
4: Right, there is no in smell. Your home. There, I no, live in an apartment building, yeah. and there's no smell at all. So,
2: whereas, like, if you're making can of butter in your home,
4: yeah, you got to watch over it. the
2: stove or something. Mm-hmm. It could really. Oh wait,
4: wait, we forgot the most important ingredient: oh. the uh, the bitters from oh. Crude in Friendly, North Carolina. Are they in there? They yeah, have. They are. There, we got to put them in. So. Oh, okay. So.
1: What's the name of this cocktail?
4: Uh, this is the Heritage cocktail Ooh. for Heritage Radio.
1: Oh.
3: We knew you would choose wisely today. Of course, thank you. Um, cheers. Well, th- wow. Um, we really wish that everyone out there could be enjoying this with us. But well, you got to check out Warren's book, Cannabis Cocktails, and and mm-hmm. make it yourself. But um, thank you. Same cheers, Ms. Cheers. Well, that's delicious. Okay. Mm. Um, while we're enjoying Ooh. our cocktail, we're just going to take a oh, yeah. short commercial break. we got to pay some bills so that we can um, buy some more cannabis. Um, <laughs> so head to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Uh, click on The Beating Heart. Become a member. Support all of the incredible shows that are on air. And um, we will be back shortly to discuss more with Warren Bobrow and Jen Shelbo.
2: This is the story of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their...
0: 100 Bogart Street is finally open and ready for Bushwick. 100 Bogart is a brand new, state-of-the-art co-working space that provides turnkey workspaces, including open layout desks, meeting spaces, and furnished private offices. Members have access to top-notch amenities such as custom furniture, high-speed internet, spacious kitchenettes with coffee and tea, printers, scanners, and much more. Alongside their professional work environment, 100 Bogart also provides exclusive educational programming for any curious entrepreneur. Heritage Radio Network has made their new office home at 100 Bogart and will host many events there in the future. For more information about their co-working space, visit 100bogart.com and become a member to network, create, and educate.
3: Welcome back. This is a recommended reading with Food Book Fair. I, I really wish that everyone could could be in the studio with us in the back of Roberta's at Heritage Radio Network today because we're we're joined by Warren Bobrow, uh, five time author and cannabis alchemist, and Jen Shelbo, former pastry chef and now sustainable cannabis expert. There are there's pizza. There's vape pens. There's cock there's the cocktails.
1: It's a party. Um Amanda took her earrings off for this one. <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> it's it it's things are getting pretty crazy in here. But gonna gonna you know, as I said earlier, you know, we're we're in the weeds, but in a good way.
4: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. tasty. And, yes, and the best ingredients they, money can yes, buy. Yes, and
3: this tasty. And way. all this,
4: medical cannabis and really good stuff.
3: Cool. This is mm-hmm. Our first annual cannabis show. Maybe we will repeat it again. It's uh, we're, t- we're talking about everything having to do with sustainable cannabis, cannabis cocktails, ha- cannabis edibles, um, which pizza. is pizza, which is actually <laughs> what I wanted to talk to Jen about, is that we used to work together, and Jen is an incredibly talented pastry chef. Thank you. And chef. And I want to know kind of if you could tell our audience a little bit about where you worked and and how that also then um influenced your
2: decision t- to move into this new field yeah thank you um so we s- we met each other at Gramercy <laughs> Tavern yes um the and pleasure. I I listened to the show with Mark Rosati <gasps> oh, and I was no. like just having such a great like flashback and like thinking back on like th- we worked with just a stellar group of individuals that have gone on to become successful in their own right and I'm just i I feel really grateful that I was part of that group of people and everyone's career evolves and I'm also on that path where um, I've worked um, I opened Maialino, um and then after Gramercy and, and then I went to a much smaller little place out in Brooklyn. And, and then I kind of looked at what I, what I've been doing and where I want to go. And I realized, um, I was really interested in going back to school and learning, um, a little bit more about current business practices. And I found, um, Bard College. They have an MBA in sustainability, and I really believe that sustainability needs to be incorporated into businesses in the long term to be successful. Sustainability is a huge term. Um, and and I had originally, when I went into the program, I thought, I want to be involved in food systems and creating um, systems that can feed a lot of people in responsible agriculture and right. regenerative Land practices, and then I found the cannabis industry. Um, Not not that I didn't know it before, (laughs) but um, there was this new opportunity because of the legal markets at the state levels, and we are in a time in which prohibition is slowly melting away. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, the last prohibition was 80 years ago in terms of the, the prohibition on alcohol. And so to be living at a time when we can experience the prohibition of, uh, of a uh, legal, illegal substance is uh, just unprecedented it 's uh, how cool to be involved in this now and um, and I think s- sustainable business practices are key to um, being successful long term in the industry. So that's my, that's my ideas. I'm trying to get um, into an operations role and get involved in the industry. Um, Warren and I were talking and he was like, well, obviously you need to be in an edibles company. Mm-hmm. Like you have a yeah, background have a in pastry. Yeah. Um, High
4: end culinary. And that's what yeah. we really need in the business. It's not the you know, the people who are sitting down and, the, the, you know, dabbing every day, and I'm, I'm glad for them, but really, at the end of the day, it's all about flavor, and it's all about quality, and I, I present myself to the, to the top end of the house. I've only worked in restaurants and white tablecloth, so why would I want to, you know, work in the well when I could be at the top of the house?
2: I think that flavor... Is going to be the flavor of cannabis is really going to translate to many consumers. People that love food, love the smell and the scent of food, will also, cannabis. In it's so many different permutations will start appealing to people in this same and way. And from a
4: culinary... And also, you know, I write about wine for a website here in Brooklyn, Drink Up New York, and I'm able to, to speak about wine as a culinary ingredient and something that, that's part of our culture. I would love to be able to, to discuss cannabis as equally as potently, because what it means to me is that you have a greater acceptance for a product, which 10 years ago was still illegal. It's still illegal in many places, but we're fortunate that we're seeing change.
3: Right. yeah. So I think you touched on this a little bit, let's take it back, talking about kind of the history of how people consumed cannabis. And this is clearly something that's evolving and changing. So kind of like I I was I was out to dinner um, with my family on Sunday night and I told my dad that um, we were doing this show and, um, you know, I told him kind of, uh, you know, that I'm like, dad, there's, you know, there's edibles, there's vaping, there's, you know, oil, there's all different. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, well, we didn't have any of that. So I kind of maybe if you if either of you or both of you want to talk about kind of how people consumed cannabis previously and then kind of what's happening now and where we're going.
4: Well, you know, I, I think in my, I, I want to touch on the parental thing because, <laughs> uh, it, because it's important to me. Okay. My father's gone, so he can't possibly uh, yell at me for what I'm doing right now. But he made his, his anger very, very apparent by disowning me. And that was because I wrote Cannabis Cocktail. So I have to say that, that it's very important to understand that when you work hard and you're able to apply yourself, anything is possible. And that's why I dedicated the book to him. And I said, he taught me to stand on my own two feet and succeed at what made me happy. So I was able to take this book and take it to the next step. So in flavor, there's always things that we need to be doing. And I think through my, my book, it's very important that it was done from a medicinal standpoint. It was okay. done to heal as opposed to recreational. So I had to make it very, very clear that the average person would find this book to be irresponsible. But from a medicinal standpoint, it works because I have a legitimate reason. Many people have legitimate reasons, and we use this in a less antagonistic fashion than sitting out in the street and smoking a joint. I love doing that. I love being with people, but this is easier.
3: Okay. So how, how did people previously mostly consume cannabis?
4: Well, they were probably making making brownies. I mean, I remember my uncle made brownies back in the 60s. <laughs> So, you know, we did that. We smoked. You know, I, I experimented with brownies when I was 16 years old. I think it was an Aerosmith concert at Madison Square Garden that I first sat had, had, had a pot brownie. Okay.
2: And if you want to go way, way back, cannabis was legal in the United States mm-hmm. up until 1947. about... Yeah, or, or 37. Yeah,
4: 37, but yeah. 47, they absolutely put the kibosh on yeah, it. Yeah,
2: but there's a whole social history here as well as um previously it was a, cannabis and cannabis tinctures mm-hmm. were available in, in pharmacies pharmacy, yeah. it was in like then if you you can go online and search like the pharma the United States pharmacopeia from 1932 mm-hmm. and there there is information about cannabis, cannabis tinctures. Cannabis tinctures. Yeah. It was not called marijuana until um, this guy Anslinger, mm-hmm. who became like the head of the DEA or something. I some- like how smart <laughs> you are about this. this. is great. I know all of yeah. this, but I can't yeah. seem
4: to extrapolate it. So yeah. that's great. So,
2: so this guy Anslinger just decided to.
4: Uh, well, he really, was in collusion with William Randolph Hearst right. because the paper industry was being threatened by it's, hemp.
2: Yeah, it's insane because hmm. yeah, there there's so many layers to cannabis as a me- medicinal. Um, uh well,
4: it goes back five thousand yeah. years in China. They were they were you know the pharmacopoeia shows that, that cannabis was used for healing five thousand years ago. In fact, they, recently there was a an unearthing of an Egyptian mummy, and they found cannabis oil in the sarcophagi.
2: That was preserved.
4: That was preserved. Wow.
2: Mm -hmm. So how did people use it? They used it for all the things that we're going to start using for in the future, but because of the prohibition on this... Substance, including on industrial hemp, which is extremely mm-hmm. useful in paper, could revolutionize
4: building materials. Yeah,
2: like, um, yeah, sailboat
4: ropes. You can't buy, you couldn't buy sailboat ropes made of hemp until just recently. You had to go to Canada or Europe for that. Yeah. And uh, as my late stepfather would say, try cutting a piece of cannabis of, of hemp rope, putting it in your pipe, and smoking it, and see what happens. It's terrible. probably. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so people That's a use... a very specific <laughs>
4: reference. Yeah. No, it's one that, that resonates with me yeah. because it was something that, you know, when you had a sailboat and you didn't want to use those uh, polypropylene ropes, which are terrible out at sea, hemp was great because if if it broke, you could seal it up together and it makes a really good knot and it holds just as tightly.
2: Hemp is one of the most, the, the one of the strongest fibers in the world.
4: Yeah, Our Declaration of Independence is printed on it. Yep. That's why it's lasted this long.
2: Yeah. It's real it's it, the the plant is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and where where do we go from here? How were people enjoying it before? How will people enjoy it in the future? I I think actually now the possibilities with technology are um somewhat endless. Mm-hmm. Because previously you used a tincture method, which was right. It's, oh.
4: it's sometimes pro- problematic. You don't know how many, you know, milligrams of THC you're getting. You know, you take it under your tongue, and you might be completely destroyed. Your neighbor saying, "Where's the beef?" And I'm having a good time. Yeah, we just don't know.
2: And now there's testing available, so there's better information about what is in the, the items that you're consuming mm-hmm. and, um, and what does that mean for how you will expect to feel as, it, as you knowing yourself.
4: But, you know, I, I, to your point, uh, you know, having a product that's organically grown and organically propagated, biodynamics play, play a role. I'm fortunate to have grown up on a biodynamic farm. So I'm familiar with the processes of Rudolf Steiner and I would love to see that translated to the legal cannabis industry. That'd be fabulous. Show so that we were really raising the bar.
2: There's there are some sun-grown mm-hmm. uh, cannabis farms. Them. Like really, sun-grown is probably best known on the West Coast, mm-hmm. specifically in the Emerald Triangle in Humboldt County. They mm-hmm. they have created some really beautiful and unique strains and um, harness the power of the sun to create the cannabis um, or grow cannabis, um, and they use not all, everyone but a few people that I've talked to use these biodynamic growing yeah, and sustainable
4: biodynamic yeah, organic and, biodynamic
2: And when we think about what are we demanding in our food like o- organic farming is really popular it's probably been one of the most explosive consumer segments in in food <laughs> in in vegetables and um and fruits and I think that's really going to change that that will parallel um, the the interest in in responsible, sustainably grown cannabis. Um, yeah, the
4: other thing, the you know, the wine industry is paying very close attention because they're growing cannabis plants between the grapevines, and then some of it that decarbed cannabis gets its way into fine Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon, and it sits there in barrels for about a year or so, and they bottle that stuff, and it's delicious.
1: Mm. <laughs> But there are uh, medicinal
4: benefits to that. Uh, I think some of it is, most of it is recreational, <laughs> but that's okay because I'm glad that they're doing it, and I'm happy to say that I've tasted it, and it's absolutely delicious.
3: Warren, did you receive any like how, to just uh, in all honesty, like how hard was cannabis cocktails to be, to get published?
4: Uh, it was very easy to get published. Okay, um, I'm under contract with a really fabulous publishing house and it seems that my books sell pretty well. I'm always surprised that they do, but when they do, it's a nice surprise. And it seemed by my past record I was able to put together a project of this, you know, magnitude and it did get, you know, put together and I think, you know, it's been on the shelves for a year now. It hasn't done as well as I would have hoped to have have done with it, but I haven't been able to really dedicate as much time to it as I would like to. Because I still work in the liquor industry, so there's a lot of pushback with cannabis in the liquor industry. I go to the WSWA, you know, trade shows, and, I, and they they all say, "What are we going to do about cannabis?" And it's not in a good light. So I'd like to try to take my, you know, my fame, if you will, in the liquor industry and apply it to the cannabis industry, and say, you know, I I know how a three tier system works, and I know how. How, it's, it, how you do business from a liquor standpoint, because I was there and I've done it and I've done brand ambassadorship jobs around the country and I believe in, in my, my talent, but I'd love to take my talent and apply that to the cannabis industry because you're not playing with drunks. There are not drunks there. People are pretty pretty laid back. They're easygoing. When they shake your hand. They look you in the eye. You know they mean it. They're not just you know plastered and they're going to forget everything. And unfortunately, that's that's the industry I work in. That's the industry that made me famous. But uh, I'd like to take it to the next step.
1: Hmm.
3: Okay. And so there's it's we're we're kind of in an in between phase right now where maybe there's certain stores or places that wouldn't stock your book but well or no you... actually
4: I don't I don't think anyone has said that that it, it was a banned book but I will say that it, it has been described as a dangerous and bad book Ooh. <laughs> and <laughs> a, a national magazine went out and and said that in the article which made me very very angry because they just don't know me I mean they don't know that I had a legitimate medical reason for for writing the book and they don't know that that I took it very, very seriously, not from a recreational get-all-your-buddies-drunk-and-smashed-and-stoned type right. of book. But my publisher would not have published it. And then, of course, there's, there's, there's the other side that is just going to see cannabis cocktails and think that's just irresponsible. And uh, I didn't write the book for them. I wrote it for people who have a legitimate reason to use it and want to be, you know, don't want to be quite so antagonistic, and that's how I live my life. And if they don't like it, they should probably get in touch with me because I could have a <laughs> a nice conversation with them over a beer, and we can see what are actually what are, you know, the things that we have in common as opposed to the things we have, don't have in common.
1: Though even I think that is such uh, an incredible intention and and motivation for writing the book, and that's great. And I hope there are a lot of people that you do hear from. Mm-hmm. Who say it's benefited them. I hope so. For the too. reasons that they they uh, they use cannabis. But also if one's purpose is to get a little stoned and mm-hmm. have a good time, mm-hmm. people have drinks to of get course. a little drunk yeah. and have a good time. And
4: they smoke cigarettes and they, and they do they, and many they drink other, bourbon. Yeah, I wrote a that book about that That are legal. Whiskey, you
1: know. They do all these things and they're so.
4: so it's tough to be hypocritical. But they but they're gonna be. But I you know, what I learned when I was down in New Orleans during Tales is every time I wanted to You know, people knew me for not for my whiskey book, not for apothecary cocktails, not for bitters and shrubs, and not for my fifth one craft cocktail compendium, but they know me for cannabis cocktails in there. They want to talk about it. Everyone wanted to talk about it. Bartenders are really fascinated by it. And they see it as something that where the industry is going, they want to do it. They want to experiment. They know friends who have made tinctures. They have ma- They probably have made cannabis cocktails themselves. And they want to share that knowledge. And they get really, really excited to talk about you know that stuff. And when I did my uh, panel on colonial spirits, I opened it saying... Tonight we're not or this afternoon we're not talking about cannabis cocktails (laughs) and everyone you know clapped it was pretty amazing but uh, you know standing room only and you know nice crowd I got my fans but I also have my dissenters
1: right but I think
4: through any any great author is always going to have people who don't agree with them there was a twenty five hundred word dismissal of my book on Amazon I thought it was extremely unfair and uh, that was not the place nor the time nor the nor anything to you know to. Tear me a new one, especially going into Christmas. But uh, such is life. That's what people do. They're mean. We, they're bullies.
2: I think we also have um, years and years of ingrained bias against mm-hmm. this drug due to th- the campaigns sure. by by
4: you know there's a pr- it, there's a cartel against it. And, it, and a lot of it has to do with the liquor industry. they they're losing their ability to print their own money. And the simple fact that I know about that is because liquor companies manipulate their product. There is no uh, s- set of ingredients on a label. So they can put caramel coloring, they can add sugar, they can add glycerin and still call it rum. And, you know, that's taking advantage of the consumer. And I, I always say, you know, if you're going to come out with a distilled spirit, please at least tell me what's in it. But that'll never happen. So uh, I, I wanted to look to the cannabis business to be more transparent. We have done that.
3: Jen, I'm sure you can speak to that, but you know, it's, it's that, is, so other, I mean, the liquor industry in specific, they feel as if there's just not room for everyone.
4: Um, I don't know, but up in Washington state, the liquor commission runs the cannabis, which is very interesting. So I went to a, to a breakfast, uh, several weeks ago for uh, New Jersey business magazine and, uh, the, they were really funny they had no idea that the that in Washington state that the liquor commission runs everything and they were like hmm that sounds like a good idea then at least they you know the three tiers are already in place and distributions already in place we don't have to create logistics out of, out of scratch and uh, and it was very interesting because the people in the room were not your typical uh, you know late 60s early 70s uh, you know hippies they were they were conservative Businessmen who were there for a reason, and and that reason was taxation, Hmm. and they wanted to to help drop the taxes that have been plaguing us in New Jersey for so long. There are no new sources for taxation, and they were there to listen, not necessarily to speak, but to listen. It's fascinating.
2: Hmm. I think many when when states design regulations for legalization of, um, adult use cannabis, they often look to alcohol regulations, Mm -hmm. those that are already in place for some guidance. So the Mm -hmm. extension of cannabis, a a cannabis regulatory body coming out of the alcohol, um, regulate regulatory body in States is, I think it's a somewhat of a natural progression. And these two drugs are seen or these two, yeah, I guess they could be both called drugs mm-hmm. alcohol and cannabis um, are seen you know they don't they don't want kids to get their right. hands on them so no underage yep. drinking and no res- underage smoking and that's that and
4: responsible is,
2: use yeah is responsible very important. use it's and so very, very important. and so that's part of why um, you often see a cannabis and a liquor board combined together in one body. Mm. They're already um, there. The liquor board is already used to going to bars and making sure that, you know, there's no underage drinking. There's certain signage in place and that kind of thing. And so I yeah, think they, it
4: would call it ABC. Yeah. You know, Alcohol Beverage Commission.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so and so the can't having cannabis um, as part of that. And they're
4: already experienced in the in. In legitimizing the drug And the drug is, is alcohol There there really is nothing more destructive But as I said, you know I'm not going to chew my leg off to save my arm <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty good at what I do And uh, I love what I do So uh, if I'm going to work in another business I better know exactly what I'm doing Before I get there yeah.
3: So do you So where What's the cannabis of the future? Like mm. where? where is it going? What, uh, what, I would to love what to say, pre, you know,
4: pre bottle. Cocktails, and little <laughs> you know, like like those little six ounce bottles of Seven Up and and uh, and Coca Cola that you see in fine restaurants. I would love to have pre bottled cannabis cocktails.
2: Social use may be part of the future of cannabis because you can go to a bar and drink whatever you like, but mm-hmm. smoking indoors is not allowed, mm-hmm. and that includes vaping and vape pens. Um, the a space where people can gather together and consume cannabis as a community. That is, that is part of what cannabis is all about. Um, in terms of a social use and recreational use, it's a, it's a fun way to get to know people. Um, so that may be facilitated in a public space because people like to go out and drink and they should also be able to go out and use cannabis responsibly. Mm -hmm. Um, that, so how it's enjoyed that may be one way. I see also um, a real overlap between the food industry um, and and the fine dining aspect of that um, there are in in can- we uh, mor and I were talking about this in cannabis there are things called terpenes which are really distinctive flavor um essence that is also found in things like black pepper and lemon and rosemary and a lot of herbs and and things that we already are used to but what gives many of the strains their distinctive smell are the, this combination of terpenes and I think that will be a real overlap between appealing to people who already love fine food and dining and and care about the earth and love to smell Mm -hmm. you know an organically grown Mm -hmm. carrot or whatever you know like that's really an extension but um also the wine profiles hops and beer and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing like people that already are interested in consuming food mindfully will also appreciate what cannabis can offer them and that'll either be through Vaporizing, or possibly converting that into a very specific and distinctive alcohol, or or other liquid (laughs) that they can ingest, um, or through an edible, um, in some way, shape, or form. So, um, I I I I see. There's a lot of possibility.
4: Yeah, and as as culinarians, as we both are, obviously, we think in flavor as opposed to just think in metrics.
1: Right. Well, most recently, this is a few months ago, I was reading a long piece in The New Yorker about um, cannabis, uh, culinary cannabis, and consumer packaged goods, and brownies and cookies, and and really fine, beautifully artisan-made chocolates and all these things like that. Yes. Yeah, but do so, you
4: notice that there's such a heavy emphasis on sweet?
1: There and is there are very th-
4: th- And see, I'm not about sweet things. I like savories and bitters. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking okay. for flavors with cannabis that are not your typical bar of chocolate and you know infused popcorn. Mm-hmm. There are some great products out there for that, but I'm not going to be the one who's going to bring that to the marketplace.
1: But to ask you culinarians... Of what you've, uh, anything you've experienced in the marketplace, whether sold commercially or that something you yourself has tried out or someone has, has gifted or, or shared with you. Is there anything um, that has particularly stood out that really brought out these flavors in a certain way? Something that would totally blow out of the water anyone's stereotypical ideas of the pot brownie made by your uncle? <laughs> yeah,
2: well, so appealing to my like my pastry, especially as a yeah. fine yeah. dining pastry chef. Um, so, well, when I was able to go, I've gone to Denver a few times for different conferences mm-hmm. um, since I've been interested in this whole in this industry. And um, what struck me was that there is a there's definitely a marketplace for beautifully crafted chocolates and mm-hmm. bonbons packaged beautifully. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like you would maybe normally bring a bottle of experience. wine oh. to, you know, to your friend's dinner party. Instead you bring a box of chocolates and you cut the chocolates in half. And this is part of the, the end of the meal experience. Mm-hmm. And, um and so these really beautifully crafted chocolates. And I was just like, Oh, I could totally get down with that. Like in the flavor combinations. Cause you can then add whatever you can make any filling you want, Mm -hmm. um, and have it infused. And I think there's, that is something that really stood out to me when I was there as something like, Oh man, this is gorgeous. This is, this is not your typical dry pot brownie. This (laughs) is, this is a whole new level uh, of, you know, of consumption and sharing and gifting, um, People love beautiful food. They love People to eat, love
1: beautiful food, and they
2: love to eat beautiful food. It's a treat. It's treating yourself, and um, and that is just there's a clear opportunity in the in the cannabis industry in terms of edibles, and that's that's kind of where my mind is a lot. <laughs> yeah,
4: and and then on my side is yeah. I would love to have ready to drink uh, mixers in the cannabis side without alcohol that someone could mix conceivably with the best. Craft spirits the money can buy. Yeah. Ready to go.
3: So, as unfortunately our, our time is ending yeah. on the recommended reading <laughs> weed show today, um, maybe, you know, as it's what I've really loved, you know, I love, really love listening to, to both of you. I think what um, might be really interesting for our listeners is maybe each of you could leave us with, like, Warren, what would be like your starter? cannabis cocktail or mocktail like that and then Jen like what would you know you yeah, are a pastry okay. so like what what could how could people if they want to experiment with like making a popper but they want it to be good you know and
1: not they, dry right? <laughs> so so Warren what would be like your starter
4: yeah well decarb cannabis first off okay. essential Um, a, a simple syrup or a, or a uh, flavored syrup that you like Always fresh squeezed juices, shaken, never, you know, you you could stir, of course, but I like a great shaken cocktail with this and finished off with a great seltzer. And it would be dry, refreshing, maybe some bitters to, you know, for balance, and everything is good. Simple, fast, and delicious.
1: Yum. Jen?
2: Um, I would say uh, finding a a way, again, the decarbing your cannabis is important into, is essential in, in creating a an item that will be like psychoactive, but whether you want to use, decide whether you want to use butter um, or um, often coconut oil um, is another way to go. So you could almost any of your favorite recipes you can replace. You should be able to replace one for one. Um, If your recipe, if you made a pound cake and it called for a pound of butter, then Um, maybe you want, don't want to do your whole pound of can of (laughs) butter, maybe cut it, um, and see what, what, how it affects you. Mm Um, so start start small, start small, start start responsible and grow, (laughs) you know, if, if you're like, okay, wow, this is really intense. Then, then you're going to have to only eat a half of a slice of pound cake, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, that's, that's the name of the game. The Thai food
4: principle. Don't take your friends who've never had Thai food for Thai spicy. They'll hate you forever. (laughs)
1: No. um so apply it to to <laughs> can a pound cake also yeah. yeah
2: yeah so that i i would say tr- test out your favorite recipe whatever your go-to is you do just you have, have to, a go-to <laughs> do i i don't i i you know i i haven't been enjoying um the va- vaping <laughs> um i think there's there it's There's a lot of cool things that are happening, especially with incorporating the terpenes. It's Mm. almost like creating your there are there are companies that create, you know, a a mixture of THC, CBD and different different terpenes to um, kind of encourage a mood. Mm. Mm -hmm. So whether there's an energetic mood, there is a relaxed mood, there is a. You know, um, there's a focused mood. There there are different moods that a lot of com- companies are trying to create mm-hmm. through par- products nose, that they're crafting. Through
4: aromatics.
2: Yeah, aromatics and, and yeah, THC. Mm. THC, good old THC. <laughs> CBD. CBD. Delicious, <laughs> yeah. Well, our guests
3: improved our mood today. Good. For That's sure. That yeah. is... If we put a smile
4: on your face, then we've succeeded. Yeah. Um, thank
1: you for having us. Thank you for having thank me. You for having me. Oh, <laughs> it absolutely. was great. To I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, Thank totally. you for being here. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Unrecommended reading with Food Book Fair.
3: Cheers. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks bye for listening. Bye.